0: Life Audio.
1: Just ahead on Encouragement for You, Dr. Steve Cowan and Craig Branch on Defending Our Faith and Dr. Walt Laramore with an open line on health issues.
0: Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. The Christian faith is under attack today like never before, and as Christians, we need to know how to defend our faith. Dr. Steve Callan taught apologetics for many years at Southeastern Bible College, and he and Craig Branch joined host Don Hawkins to discuss this important topic.
1: Do Christians really need to defend their faith, Craig? I'm sure that's a question that you hear from time to time.
2: Well, sure. Um, The Scripture is explicitly teaches that. Uh, The apologetics uh, is in in the New Testament nine times. The classic passage, 1 Peter 3.15, set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to give an apologia. A reasoned defense, or make a case for your faith. Yet with gentleness and with reverence, mm-hmm. Jude three and four, defend the faith that's been once and for all delivered to the saints. For people, certain people creep in unnoticed and will distort the faith, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's uh, certainly biblical warrant and certainly practical warrant. As well, and that's uh, and apologetics is not is for the unbeliever, but it's, maybe mm-hmm. you don't realize, it's also for the believer because yeah. believers have questions mm-hmm. and doubts that they oftentimes suppress because mm-hmm. it's just not cool to be a Christian with questions. So, right. but uh, we need it. we need answers too. Yeah,
1: we're living in a day and time in which there are a lot of questions that arise. Steve, what would you say is the greatest danger to the Christian faith today in in this area we're talking about?
3: Oh boy, I don't know if there's just one, but well, you can um,
1: broaden that out to two or three if you but, feel led.
3: Uh, sure, Craig will jump in on this. But if I had to single thing one thing out, it's it's um, it's the anti-intellectualism that we see in the church today. The uh, lack of desire to um, think uh, about things, to, mm-hmm. uh, to to ask the kind of questions that we're asking in our in our postmodern culture, as it's often called. The pursuit of truth and the defense of the faith uh, take a back burner uh, at the very least. Sometimes they're totally ignored.
1: Truth is sort of what you perceive it to be or that's what right. your experience is.
3: And so even even in the church, there is a lack of interest in um, matters of the mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that's been our uh, greatest weakness for almost 100 years, and it's not any, not a whole lot better today. Terry
1: is listening in Dallas. Hello, Terry. Hi. Thanks for calling. Go ahead.
4: I have a question about nihilism. I need it to be explained to me what it is, because my son, who grew up in the church, now that he is an adult, he claims to be a nihilist, and I need to know how to bring them back to the
1: faith. Yeah, and first we'll nail down the pronunciation of that. I think it's nihilist is the term is the way most people pronounce right. that. Right. It is spelled okay. N-I-H-I-L-I-S-T. All right, let's start with Greg on that one. I'm, I'm going to pass on to, to them, my philosophy professor here. <laughs> yeah, okay, we have right. a philosopher in the building. It's always good to go to that source. All right, I knew, I
3: knew I was stepping into a lion's den here. Uh, <laughs> Nihilism is a philosophy that uh, the, the word nihil is a Latin word that means nothing. So um, nihilism is nothingism. The idea behind nihilism is that life is meaningless; that uh, we're here for no purpose, we come into the world for no reason, and we don't have any significance while we're here. It's basically the idea that life is uh, is meaningless. It's a big waste of time. This philosophy goes back uh, at least as far as back as uh, Frederick Nietzsche. Uh, he was considered a nihilist and. Um, we see uh, aspects of this philosophy coming down to us in the existentialism of the 1930s and 40s, and even into uh, postmodernism today.
1: It leads to a feeling of despair, and it, whether you have the chicken or the egg, the despair mm-hmm. leads to uh, mm-hmm. the adoption of nihilism, or nihilism leads to despair. And as mm-hmm. I recall, Nietzsche was the original person who uh, came up with the idea that God is dead. That's right, mm-hmm. Greg, any thoughts you want to add to that?
2: Well, that, yeah, I think that uh, I bring a little bit of my presuppositional apologetics in here mm-hmm. that uh, man is, is finite mm-hmm. uh, in, yep. in our ability to understand all that there is. And also man is, is limited in his acquisition of all the information in order to make those kinds of decisions. We as mm-hmm. a Christian, we're uh, – and therefore I would say that the unbeliever is, is ultimately totally uh, uncertain of things, he may he may uh, feel that he has a plausible explanation to things, but mm-hmm. ultimately, coming for, starting for this, from his own reference point, he's uncertain. Mm-hmm. As a Christian, we believe that God has revealed truth, and He's able to, all powerful and all knowing, He's able to reveal Himself to us in ways we can understand. So, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, the the nihilist position is ultimately, I think, of course, irrational. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. On that point, one of the things, that, uh, Steve, you had another thought you want to
3: share? Uh, yeah, just very quickly. Um, uh, there, when I talk about atheism in my classes, I say there are two kinds of atheists. There are the the dishonest atheist and the honest <laughs> atheist. Mm. The dishonest atheist is the one like Richard Dawkins mm. who doesn't believe in God, but think that life thinks that life is perfectly meaningful, and there's morality and all those kind of things, despite the fact that there's no God to provide a foundation for morality and meaning. Mm-hmm. But then you there's could the, also call yeah, that
1: irrational atheism. Uh,
3: it's that is exactly right. And then there's the honest atheist who understands that if there is no God, then everything's permitted. And life is ultimately meaningless. And so your, your nihilist friend is at least being honest. Uh, he's, yep. he's reached a, the point of despair that follows from a rejection of God. Yep. The only way to find meaning and uh, significance in life is, is on the basis of belief in a transcendent and personal God.
1: Terry, I believe you said this is your son. Is that correct? Yes, I did. We want to pray for him, and we're going to pray that God will give you wisdom as you Mm -hmm. uh, share Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. with him and as Mm -hmm. you live out your faith before him. Tonight, Lord, we're grateful that uh, you care about Terry and about what she's going through, and particularly as she interacts with her son. Lord, we're saddened that he has adopted a position of nihilism, and we pray that the reality and peace and joy that is available through Jesus Christ would come through to him that his heart and his mind would be opened to the power of the gospel and that his life would be transformed. Lord, I think about my own aunt who was such a militant atheist who came to faith in Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that the same power of the gospel that broke through in Dorothy's life would break through in the life of Terry's son. Encourage and strengthen her in this quest. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: God bless every one of
1: you. You as well. God bless. Bye-bye. Um, We have a lot of discussion these days, and particularly with uh, issues even like the election on the whole issue of postmodernism, living in a Mm -hmm. postmodern world and and people talking about so-and-so as a postmodern candidate. Dr. Steve Cowan, give us uh, sort of a Reader's Digest version Mm -hmm. of insight into postmodernism and why it's important.
3: Well, postmodernism is a philosophy that permeates our culture uh, at many levels in different areas of our culture in education, law. Uh, family life, every area of our culture. But essentially, postmodernism is a philosophy that says that there's no such thing as objective truth. It's a form of relativism, mm-hmm. that we're all all of us are conditioned by our time and culture to believe what we believe and do what we do. And and one system of belief and one way of life is no more or less better than another. That's uh, in a nutshell what postmodernism is all about. And
1: uh, it does have an effect uh, on politics. It has an effect mm. on on issues of religion mm. or faith. Mm. Uh, what other other areas, uh, Craig, would you say that it touches on today that we need to be aware of?
2: Well, again, it's uh, you mentioned ethics and um, and politics because mm-hmm. have you ever heard the expression "you can't legislate morality"? Oh, yes, and <laughs> and that's really a postmodern statement, isn't it? Yeah, because I mean that's the silliest. That's, statement what the, the that's
1: what the law's been all about ever since Moses came down from Mount Sinai.
2: Maybe <laughs> yeah, even any, any law that's passed is a system of ethics yeah. and yeah. somebody's system of right and wrong. Well, somebody's legislating morality. So when you well, when you, for instance, you can come up one of the issues it's same-sex marriage, mm. and maybe even polygamy. People yep. would be shocked to hear me say that. But mm-hmm. in Canada, it's already allowed, in certain parts mm-hmm. of Canada. Mm-hmm. And once you uh, attack the, what the definition of marriage is, where's the root of the yeah. uh, definition? We say, well, it's the Bible. Well, uh-uh, you can't do that here because of the separation mm-hmm. of church and state. So what is it? So uh, those, that, if you have a relativistic postmodern Mindset, there are no real boundaries on that. And if you take that to its
1: logical conclusion, mm-hmm. you can have wives that are seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. You mm-hmm. can, uh, you you get into uh, validating sexual abuse of a child, and and mm-hmm. all kinds of uh, right. doors that open that uh, that we need to be aware of these mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. and. Uh, a lot of phone calls coming in. We'll go back to the phones. Jason is listening in Kansas City.
4: Hi, good evening. How are you?
1: Fine. Thanks for calling us.
4: Yes, a quick question. Um, I don't know uh, um, you, I don't know if you know this, but um, there's a thing called the Unity Church, and I'm a very close friend of mine. Uh, she's going to this church, and um, she's looking for um, a stable faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a born-again Christian, Unity Church is not very healthy for her, so... Uh, two quick things can, can you tell me what unity church is about and the second thing is um how do i talk to somebody who is um leaning towards that kind of church
1: all right craig you are the uh the apologist in in the area of uh, religious uh, variant religion shall we say <laughs> called that type thing and and we want to be careful in branding different mm-hmm. groups by by name but I, I want you to address obviously there's an issue there when you say unity as opposed to trinity there there is a mm-hmm. theological issue
2: well, right. Unity is one of the uh, churches within the whole spectrum of something called mind science churches. You've got Christian Science, Unity School of Christianity, mm-hmm. Church of Religious Science. Um, the, they're all basically teaching the same thing. It's a pantheistic New Age worldview. But the, uh, yeah, the the uh, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, the founders of the Unity School of Christianity, and they, which is an offshoot of Christian science, and basically they teach that God is is really an impersonal force that everything is God and you are God you just don't realize it yet but through the teachings of, of their church and following the teachings and practices mm. which might include also meditation, uh, transcendental meditation type of exercises you will realize you know, there's a self-realization with a capital S, capital R that you are infinite and you are God and that you are all powerful, you have control over sickness, it doesn't really exist because it's a matter of the mind mm. so this is a, is a new age. It's occultic uh, religious expression. And we encourage the uh, the caller to contact our website. We can send you a good packet of the history and, the, and the, the doctrines, but also how to give a Christian response to it.
1: Yeah, Jason, that would be the best way for you to have the resources to be able to address this with the person that you're close to who is involved in that. And, and if you'll um, jot down that web address, www.arcapologetics. Uh, dot o-r-g that's www.arcapologetics.org email them from there mention that you talked with us on the program and and explain uh, that you're looking for the information on the unity church they can send that right out to you all right
4: well thanks so much you guys have good night
1: and god bless great we okay. want you to hang on the line we're going to pray this is your friend you mentioned or is this a relative
3: oh it's just a of mine.
1: okay great uh, steve cowan would you lead us in prayer on behalf of this friend and on behalf sure. of jason as he shares with this friend.
3: Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the caller uh, uh, taking the time to let us know about uh, this situation and we do lift up um, this to you and ask that you would intervene, that uh, truth would prevail and Mm. that um, the gospel would be heard and believed and uh, please give guidance and wisdom to Jason Mm. as he uh, interacts and seeks to to lead this person to Christ and we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.
1: Amen. Jason, thank you for your call. Great to hear from you.
0: We'll be back with more after this brief word from our sponsors. Some people refer to Dr. Walt Larimore as America's physician. In this segment of encouragement for you, Dr. Larimore joins host Don Hawkins to answer listener questions about personal health.
1: Donna is listening in North Little Rock, Arkansas.
0: I have a question for
4: you. Go ahead. I am a diabetic and I'm facing, I want to go for gastric bypass, but if I could find another way out, I, w- I would. I am morbidly obese and I am about 330 pounds. I'm only five foot tall. Please yeah. help.
1: I'm so glad you called us, Donna. First of all, recognize that there is hope I have a good friend who was 400 pounds, and he is now down to about 240 and is in much better health than he ever was. And so just to know that there is help, that there are folks who have overcome this, let's talk to Dr. Walt Larimore about it. Walt?
5: Well, it's an awful important question, Donna, I'm so glad that you called in. For folks in America who are more than 100 pounds overweight, and you're well over that, studies are fairly clear. But for the vast majority of those folks, nothing is more effective long-term than the surgery. However, the surgery is not effective by itself because you can defeat the surgery if you're not prepared for it, uh, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually ready for it. So most of the centers that are highly successful, there's much more than a surgeon, they have chaplains and pastors involved. They have psychologists and psychiatrists involved. They have exercise folks and registered dietitians involved. It's an entire team to help you prepare, not just for surgery, but for life after surgery. And Donna, what can that comprise of? Well, not for every surgical candidate, but for most surgical candidates with diabetes, especially if they have type 2 diabetes not only can they reduce their medications, but a significant number of those folks end up off their medications. Hmm. Now, Don and Donna, there's the occasional person like Governor Mike Huckabee when he was governor mm-hmm. of, of Arkansas, morbidly obese, who just decided to use diet and exercise. Yeah. And even though he's an extremely busy man, devoted the time and effort to getting his weight down to near normal, got off of all of his blood pressure medicines, got off all of his diabetic medications. But, Donna, if your doctors are recommending surgery, the good news is that the technique is now better than it has ever been, the results are better than they've ever been, and it can reverse diseases like hypertension and diabetes.
1: Yeah, great benefits there. Donna, uh, we want to encourage you to uh, to consult with a physician, to to talk those options over, to determine whether or not surgery is right for you. But make sure that, uh, that you're getting uh, the emotional and the spiritual support that you need as well. And we're going to pray for you to that end, okay? Thank you. Let's pray together. Father, tonight we lift up Donna to you. Lord, she senses the challenge of the Health issues involved in in uh, her current weight and uh, her health situation and the diabetes and recognizing both the present and potential for future complications. We pray that you would guide her, Lord, if the surgery is the right option, if there's another way that you would have her to go in this, Lord, just give her the grace, give her the wisdom, uh, give her the counsel, the wise counsel that will point her in the right direction. And, Lord, help her to be able to uh, to shed those pounds and to be able to see an improvement in her health and, and even in the control of her diabetes. We just uh, commit that to you and commit her to your Care in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you so much. Good to hear from you, Donna. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. Dr. Walt Larimore with us answering your questions. Sharon is in Montgomery, Alabama.
4: Good evening, gentlemen. How
1: are you doing? Good. Nice so, to hear from you. How can we help?
4: My question is regarding the flu symptoms that I've been having. For two days, I've been on Zycam and I'm getting ready to go to the doctor. But when talking to a friend, she brought up the fact that she had flu symptoms, but the doctor diagnosed it as a virus, and she kept the symptoms for about three weeks. So as it relates to the fact that I have been diagnosed with rhinitis and there's upper respiratory symptoms and things of that nature... I'm trying to make sure I have the right diagnosis and the right medication for my doctor when I go.
1: Now, you have been to the doctor already. Who diagnosed you with rhinitis? No, I've been diagnosed
4: with rhinitis years ago.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm getting ready to make an
4: appointment for this
1: episode. All right, let's talk to Dr. Walt.
5: It's actually something, Don and uh, Sharon, that can be determined, not just with an examination and a lab test that doctors can do, but studies have shown that just reviewing nine or ten symptoms can help predict whether you have a cold or flu so let me just ask you some questions and i'll we'll come up with some probabilities
1: great idea do
5: you have body aches yes are they mild or severe
4: um it's in between when i was on the zycam they were mild and then every now and then they'd be severe
1: Do you have chest discomfort repeat that do you have chest discomfort Uh,
4: no just uh, i do feel like there's congestion though okay no discomfort do you have chills yes or no Yes, old, extremely, a lot of children.
5: Is your coughing a dry cough or a hacking cough? Dry. Okay. Are you fatigued? Do you feel like you get up and go, got up and went?
4: Yes, it went and go, went, and went uh, like two weeks ago. <laughs> uh-huh. So
5: is your fatigue
4: mild or severe? Uh, depending on if I put something in my system, it could be severe. Like if I've been having soup and juice, and
5: Do I have, have a little fever? bit of energy. That's five more quick questions. Do you have fever? Yes. How high?
4: Didn't take it, but I know it's up there. It probably only, it may have been like 102. And headache? Yes. Sneezing? Yes, a lot. Sore throat? In the beginning, yes, not now. I've been okay. taking a And minutes.
5: you said you have a stuffy nose? Yes. Okay. The predictive chart of those 10 questions, your answers: six of them would predict flu, four of them would predict the cold. And they say if more than half of them indicate the flu, then it is likely the flu the good news is that if you haven't had the flu vaccine so that you're susceptible to flu if you have flu symptoms doctors still have medications they can prescribe for you Sharon, the flu medications work the best within the first 24 to 72 hours of symptoms so you probably want to get a visit
1: in the next day or two let's do this let us uh, pray for you right now okay sharon Father, you know what Sharon is going through. She's not feeling well. She has these symptoms. And, Lord, we just ask you to uh, free her from uh, the flu or from whatever it is that she has. I pray that you'd also give her wisdom as she talks with her doctor. Help her to get the appointment that she needs and get the right medication that will be of help to her. And we just pray, Father, that very quickly she'll be restored to her health. Thank you, Lord, that you care about these areas of our lives, and we do commit our sister to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and LifeAudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers, production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us.
1: Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.
0: Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You.
2: Jesus wants our fears
1: to launch us toward faith. Then He grins and says, Do you trust me? Because together...